Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, we're in our series about following God, and today I really asked myself some serious questions, okay? And uh, and I felt like I was thinking... I was, you know, I say this thing to myself. I heard John Maxwell say something one time. It was powerful. What do, you, what do you want them to see? He says, what do you want them to know? What do, you, what do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do? And sometimes I look through that lens when I'm teaching you because I never want to lose the, the moment of your desire for God to go to another level. I don't want you to feel like this is too, too hard to achieve. It's not. I don't, I never want you to feel like I, I, I can't do it. You know, we have, these, we have these mindsets sometimes. You know, sometimes I, I kind of internally philosophize. I just get this philosophy inside of me. Like I just sit there and I go, man, what are they thinking while this, why, what are they thinking? How are they grasping? So I want to break it down so you can leave the room today. And that's why you got that note sheet. So you could say, okay, if I start taking this one step at a time, my ability to follow God will be easier. It's a step-by-step process of getting better at following. Now, you're, you're, this is the key. You're never going to perfect this. But you sooner or later got to start going for it. You got to start opening the lines of communication to not just hear God, but to be a follower of God. And I think today is just really going to scripturally produce, um, just, just prove to you and give you the proofs that it's so important for us to cultivate this understanding of following God. Because a lot of people know God. They think about God, but the question is, are we following God? And that's what I'm asking you guys. Am I really following God? Sometimes, I don't know, man, there's seasons that I was walking in, I was following me. What's the difference between me and God? How do I know I'm hearing? Today, I'm going to try to answer those. There's a lot of questions to answer, but I think if we look at the scriptures, what they're going to do is they're going to kind of give us a glimpse how God sees it and how God kind of wants me and you to understand it. And then after we see and understand, we start applying action steps to produce. That's how a lot of this stuff works. So I want you to just be, be open through the scriptures to, to hear from heaven and go, hey, now I'm going to tell you, Everybody goes to a place of consecration with God. Now, let me tell you about the prayer of consecration. You're going to pray that over and over in life. Like, a lot of people that are maybe listening today, I, 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 let me tell you how this, this thing hit me. I saw, I saw something, right? And somebody said something. And I, I looked at it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great preacher, great guy. I'm not saying anything negative. I'm not going to mention anything. And, and he was talking about his struggle. And I was like, 
I was like, Jesus doesn't want you to struggle with that. I don't know if he knows it or not, but Jesus, Jesus doesn't want you to struggle with that. And sometimes, I know he doesn't know that. And it's heartbreaking because I, I, I drive you guys pretty hard to grow, man. Because I don't want anything to have you because Jesus set you free. And I don't drive you in a hard way, but man, I set the bar for you to go for it. I never want you to feel like this bar is so high you can't get there. You can. But I want you to know this. You, my friends, are not the majority of Christians in the earth today. You are not. You are not. Because you are wanting next level life when most people are just trying to survive, man. So I know your life is getting ready. Prophetically, internally, positionally, your life is getting ready to go to another level like you've never seen before. I, I promise you. Because these, this truth, the link between where you're at and what God said, we're pulling it together. And the only thing your future holds is success. You don't have to live under the pressure of the earth. There's nothing in this earth I have desire for. Nothing. No pull. No, 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 no. There's nothing. And I'm telling you, it's through cultivation. We haven't arrived. I got a lot of stuff to work on. Hear me. But what I'm saying to you is in following God, your life is going to skyrocket. And there's going to be things that are going to break off of your life that people are, 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 are facing off with daily for a lifetime. They never get free from it. But you are going to grow beyond it because you hear God. And God deposits his strength and ability in you. And you're stronger today than you were yesterday. You're going to be stronger tomorrow than you were a week ago. And your future's so bright. My God in heaven, you better get ready because you're just taking step by step by step of faith. And God is going to illuminate this stuff to you. And these are the principles that you use, the word of God. So take this message, bury it in your heart, and get ready. Because I think this is one that's going to be like, man, I can go back to this. I can go back to those notes periodically as I need to consecrate my life to go to another level. And consecration just means this. It's a brand new commitment today. I am making the commitment to follow God greater today than I did the last five years of my life. I'm just going for it. I'll show it to you in the Word. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Look what Jesus says. And first point I want you to write down is this. God has got a great plan but how do I follow it? That's point number one. He's got a great plan for your life, but how do I follow it? I don't know what it is. How do I know it's there? Does God really got a great plan? Look what it says on the screen. Following the plan of God for your life. God's got a great plan, but how do I follow it? You ever ask yourself that? I ask myself that. I'm pastoring the church. Am I really following it? Am I really fulfilling my purpose? Am I really doing what God's called me to do? Is this the extent of what God's calling me to do? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Look at Jeremiah 29.11. You all know this. I read it in the message because I like, I like the way it reads. It just clarifies a little more. It's the same um, context of meaning, so you're not lost in translation. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know what I am doing. 
Oh my God, can you believe it? I have it all planned out, right? Look what he says. This is the word of God in the summer. As soon as Babylon went wacky, you got to read verse 10, right? But here, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Wow. And not abandon you. Plans to give you a future. What? You hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Wow. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you and I'll bring you back from it all, right? And all the countries which I drove you out. He said, you coming home is God's decree. But I like what he said in verse 12, right? 11, he says, I have it planned out. I got you, right? I got your plans. I got plans to take care of you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to give you a future. I'm going to give you a hope. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. That's what he said. Verse 11, he said what? I know what I'm doing. How, you ever been there where it seems like, I don't know what God's doing? <laughs> you ever been there? You got those questions like, God, where you at? You know what I'm saying? They used to say, oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. Remember that? It's 24 hours a day, open all the time. You'd be like, oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. You're like, hey, God, you closed? Is heaven shut down? I've been praying. I don't, I don't hear God. I don't see God. What do I do when I don't feel like my prayers are being answered? What do I do when I don't feel like my life's getting better? What do I do when while I'm doing what I was asked to do or told to do or doing the church thing, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and all of a sudden, nothing's getting better. It doesn't even look like it's good. It might even be getting worse. What am I supposed to do? Am I following right? If you were here for the whole series, you know, you're probably right in the middle of the will of God because it's not always going to be easy following God. But what did he say? I have a plan. Have you ever, like, I don't know, right? I, I um, you ever go, you ever do something with somebody like a project and they got a plan and you're just looking at the plan and going, I don't think this is going to work. You know what I mean? Have you ever been there? Y'all been there? You know what I mean? Like maybe you did like a project on the house or we just went over this. We just had this home reno, you know? Oh my God, right? We just going to do a little this. We're just going to do a little that. We're, next thing you know, you're ripping out everything and you're doing, doing stuff, bathroom, this, that, floor, uh, paint, everything. And I'm sitting there with some of these projects going, uh, what, what's the plan for this? We're getting ready to upgrade the house of God. Right? We're going to do the floors. We're going to do the walls. We're going to do this. We're going to do the bathrooms. We got, that's where we got the building project. We're all going over. I look and I go, do we have a plan? Because just because we have the energy, just because we're getting the resources, just because we got all this, if we don't have a plan, I don't know if this is going to work. Right? 
Because we all, everybody going in 19 different directions, but we, 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 do we have a plan of how we're going to do it? Isn't that life? God, I, what's the plan? I walk in around aimless. I don't know what's going on. What am I supposed to, you ever been there? What am I supposed to do? He said, I got a plan, and I like this even at the next level. He said this. He said, I got a plan, and my plan takes care of you. Now, watch this, right? I will not abandon you. I'll give you future and hope. Some of you guys in here, right, okay? Some of you guys in here, when I go to these guys that are skilled at what they do, when they tell me to plan, I go to, I go to sleep. Why? Because I know they're good at what they do. So if I go to them and go, hey, are you going to take care of this? They go, we got a plan. I, I rest, man. What are they doing? I don't know. Where they, when are they going? I don't know. Well, how much is it going to cost? I don't know. I got so many plans going on that I have no idea what's happening. I got no idea how much it's going to cost. I got no idea. Well, Pastor Chris, you a bad leader. No. I trust the people that got the plan because this is what they do. You, you telling me you can't trust God with the plan? You know what I'm saying. You trust the character of the individual and their, and their reputation and their background of ability to produce what they say they're going to do. So you rest assured it's going to work out great. We serve God. What happens though? Do you see what they're doing? No. I don't even care what they're doing. I don't even care about any of it. Why? They're going to take care of it. How can we believe people who we naturally see, which we should because they're credible people, but we can't depend on God's plan because you don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean I doubt it. Look what he says. I will make, look at verse 14, 29, 14. I will make sure you won't be disappointed. Woo! God's decree. I'll turn things around. I'll bring you back from the place you got driven out. Come on, somebody. God's got you, amen? You should be more excited about that. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Come on, look at your neighbor. He's talking to you. Look at your other neighbor. Look at your other neighbor. Say, he's talking to you, man. He's telling you, I got a plan. Well, what do you do? I, I don't know it. Well, I don't know it either. I do it too. God, what is going on? God, where are we going? God, what are we doing? God, where are you? God. God's got a plan. Here's the key with this plan, point number two. This great plan, don't feel great. Because <laughs> that's what he said. He didn't just say, I got a plan. He said, I got a great plan. Yeah, you got a great plan, all right, but it don't feel great. You ever been there? Well, praise be to God, I got a plan. This plan don't feel great. This plan don't look great. This plan stinks, if you ask me. If where I'm at right now, I got stinking thinking. I think it stinks. But what was Jesus getting us understanding about? Look what he says in 1 Peter 4 and 12. I like this scripture. He says, friends... When life gets really difficult, don't jump to conclusions that God isn't on the job. You need to take a picture of that, get a tattoo of that. (laughs) 
post-it on your forehead. I don't know, get a post-it note, stick it on your head. So when you look in the mirror, you might have to write it backwards because when you look in the mirror, it might come off. I don't know how that all works, but just, you know what I'm saying. Get a post-it note of it, do something with it. When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is the spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Man, ain't that cool? Sometimes it don't feel great, right? Well, I'm following God and it stinks. Remember all those scriptures? Remember, go watch the whole series. Oh, um, uh, yeah, uh, Peter, come out on the water. Remember that? What do I do out here? Just don't sink. Oh, Peter, come out on the water. Peter, Peter bid us me come, Lord. You know, all spiritually cool, right? You bid it, will you bid us me come out here? Peter gets out there, and the minute he gets out there, he's like, now what? God's like, all right, stay on what you heard. Stay on what you heard. Stand on what you heard. Only think about what you heard. Stay in what, come on. He's sinking like, he's sinking like a rock. Why? Because nobody told me that when I follow, the waves are coming. I thought if the waves were coming, I must be doing something wrong. I got news for you. The waves are coming because you're doing something right. That's what people don't get. And immediately they get offended. Remember Mark chapter 4? Why did they get offended? So what did he say? He said, look, man, I just read it to you, right? He said, man, don't, don't jump to the wrong conclusion and think following God. Number one, don't think it's easy. Because nobody said it was easy. And don't think if it starts getting a little sideways, God's not in it. Come on, man. You see, the whole Bible's like that. Everybody had to walk through a season of growing in it. When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Man, I'll tell you what. Ain't that true? And I start thinking about life right there. You're like, oh, praise be to God. You know, we're going to start going to church. Remember when you first decided to go to church? Oh, we're going to go to church. It's going to be great. And it's going to be awesome. And everything's going to be rosy. And it's all going to be good. And all of a sudden, you start going to church. You start reading the Bible. You start praying. How about that giving, right? You start giving. And now you trust in God. And it seems like a wacko world gets opened up on you. And you're like, man, I don't even know. Man, it was better. It seemed like it was better not going to church almost. Than, I, you know what I'm saying, man? This is not, because the enemy wants to deceive you. Man, let me tell you something right here now. The only person trying to keep, somebody would be like, you know, anything we do, well, I'm just mad. You know what I mean? You paint the wall a different color, I mean, I'm mad. You know what I mean? What, 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 don't you think the devil's trying to get you out of this building? I'm just saying, man. You know, I had this teacher at Rama. He made me laugh, you know. And uh, he used, these guys, a lot of these guys pastored churches, you know. And um, he cracked me up a couple times, said some funny things, you know. And I never forget this. He said, man, he goes, you guys, when you leave, you're going to run into people. He said, I had this one guy, man. He always was critiquing the music. You know what I mean? He was like, man, I don't like the music. And he verbalized not liking the music, you know? And there's, there's nothing, listen, guys, I'm not picking on you. I, nobody wrote a letter to me. I don't know what you like the music, don't like the music. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to offend nobody, but I never forget what he said. <laughs> this teacher I had was funny, right? He said, he said, well, you know, we don't really like the music. He said, well, we ain't singing to you anyway, so get over it. I thought that was phenomenal because I was like, 
that's kind of funny if you think about it, right? We ain't singing to you, bro. We're singing to Jesus, you know? It's like, I don't like the songs. This is not like, so like, you know, like when you go somewhere and the guy's playing the piano and you put like, you know, you put like a tip in the jar and you say, hey man, can you play I Did It My Way by Sinatra or something like that? This ain't like, you know, send your Rolodex of greatest hits and slip Lauren to 20 and tell her, hey, can we sing How Great Thou Art? No, no, it doesn't work like that. They're trying to be spiritually led. But here's what I'm saying. Don't you think that you, you coming in the house of God, that the devil's not trying to offend you to, to get you to not go, to not give, to not sing, to not worship, to not volunteer, to not participate? To not, yeah, why? He don't want you in this atmosphere. And I got news for you. You could sit in some church. Some churches you can because he's sitting right next to you. Ain't no pressure in him to get out. But when you get to the place where you need to get to and, and, and you're in there, guess what? It might, I might be, it might not feel great, but you got to hang in there because it's the key to your greatest success. I just said that. You know, it's Pastor Chris, you going to take it back? No, it's too late. It's out. You know? We ain't singing to you anyway. I like that, right? Somebody's like, well, I, I thought I didn't like the music, but praise be to God, now I like it. No, I'm not picking on that or you. I'm not here for that. But, you know, like I've had people, oh, man, you get critics and stuff. I was like, man, I was like, why is that, why is that in you to try to disconnect you? So following God means there's going to be pressure to disconnect from the word, from what he said to you, from your assignment, from your purpose, from your calling, from church, from the, from the, from the, from the, from the me, from the God. Oh man, I told everybody, man, when you get close, you better hang on because the enemy wants to get you away from me because he knows, look, man, if you get him away from him, because I'm not stopping, you're, you're, I told this one guy, he's, a, I mentor these guys. I got these, these guys that I mentor. I said, the moment you invest, invest into this relationship, um, you better hang on. I said, because it's going, because every, because er, you will, you will try, the devil will try to come and get you offended at me so he could separate you from me. Well, who you think you are? Let's not go there. Let's just know this. I know who I am and I know who's trying to stop you from becoming who you need to be. So you can get offended real easy. That's Mark chapter four. Go read it. You know what I'm saying? So that's very important in the follow. But people see the press and they go, oh, I don't know why I'm saying that, but somebody needs to hear that today because you need to lock in and dig in. Point number three, look at this. Prayer is one of the greatest ways to follow God. Now that's, that's very vague and I'm gonna explain it. Because prayer to me is not Matthew 6. Go lock yourself in a closet and pray. You have that kind of positional prayer where you get quiet and you go, Prayer to me is open communication with God all day long. It does, like, I see a lot of people, like, I go in my prayer closet and I pray, and then when you come out, like, where, where's God, God, like, stood in there? Isn't he in you? So when you're in the car, when you're going places, walking and talking, that's what you're doing, right? Look what Isaiah 65, 24 says. God is anticipating being with you. And I want you to see this because in Isaiah 65, 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. 
it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. That means what? You have to ask God questions all the time. Man, it's important. Many of us wind up starting wrestling with the fact of whether we know God is really speaking to us or not, okay? A lot of times we think, is that me? Is that God? Is that up? Is that down? You can look to scripture to see what Jesus modeled as communication. Hearing from God is a process though, and you have to start cultivating it. Every step we get to learn who God is, what God believes about us and has for us, and what he's saying to us. Doing what God says can be difficult and just as difficult as hearing what he says. We gotta ask ourselves, I like this, two questions. What is God saying and what am I going to do? I wanna stay there for a minute. This is, a, this is what I was saying, right? I, what do I want you guys to do? This is what I want you guys to do. Remember I started this? I was like, I, I try to ask myself, how can I get you to activate it? I just wanna preach sermons. I wanna have sermons that uh, give you application. So here's my application. Number one, here's a question I wanna start you to start asking yourself. Hey, what is it? What is God saying to me? Write that down. What is God saying to me? 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 He's going to be speaking through his word, but what is God saying to you, right? And then the next step, what am I going to do about what God's saying? Write it down. It's on your notes, but, right? You see it? Good question. Hearing from God is a process, and it's moment by moment, question and answer, right? A lot more questions probably than answers. You just got to keep asking them. And whatever, every single moment, we get to learn who God is, Okay? what he believes about us, and what he's saying. The process of hearing from God and doing what he says is the heart of becoming a disciple, a learner, and learning how to learn and teach others. So whenever you feel like God's kind of giving you that little nudge on the inside or that whisper, or you're like, is that God? Is that me? Hey, God, what are you saying to me? You got to start, stop right, God, what are you saying to me? He will clarify. He will help you. And here's the big day, God, what do you want me to do? And that's the believe, the action side. Like, you might, your mouth might be messed up, right? You might, just listen, you might be, you might be talking too much junk. You know what I mean? You're talking a bunch of unbelief. I've, this has happened to me a hundred times. You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting a little loose with my mouth. And you hear a message, or maybe right now by me talking about it, faith comes, you're like, hey, you better stop talking that broke, sick, jacked up, messed up mess. And I say right now, hey, you know, watch your mouth. Not for like, you know, oh, you're a oh, good, goody two-shoe Christian, you know, no. He's saying, look, you got to watch your confession. So what happens is, what are you saying? Oh, God, you're getting my attention. What's my action? I stop saying negative things. You see it? So what is he doing? He's trying to get me to follow something. You all know how to track God. Everybody in here knows when God's trying to get your attention. You ever have that one scripture keep coming up or that one thing, you hear it here, you hear it there, you read it in your devotional, you know he's kind of dealing with you about it. A lot of you say, well, I'm gonna check in. When's the last time you checked in? Ask some questions. It's important you ask some questions, right? I like those questions because I think it's good. So what are they, God, what are you saying to me today? And God, what do you want me to do? What's my action here? 
Maybe some things ain't in action. Some things you just got to hear. Here's what you got to remember. God loves for me to talk with him about anything and everything. Is that cool? And I'm talking about you can almost get a little goofy with it. Does that make sense? What do you mean get goofy with it? Like, man, sometimes I'm like, man, you know, I don't know. I just get, I just, I try. It's kind of like, you know, back in the day, man, Christianity was like, we were a little goofy. But, you know, people be like, you know, that's the Holy Spirit chair. You know what I mean? Like, they be like talking to the Holy Spirit. Like, get a little weird, man. I don't want you talking to no chair. They're going to put you in some place that you don't need to be because you ain't out there. But do you get what I'm saying about consciousness? You know what I mean? Like, he's real. Just because he's invisible to the eye doesn't mean he's not real. So sometimes we like internalize. No, out of your mouth. You got to talk to him like, hey, what's going on? You know, Holy Spirit. Don't, don't, you think, don't you think I look good in that? Come on, Holy Ghost, come on. You know, you got to play a little bit. You guys are all stuck in the mud, man. You know what I mean? Like, don't get like that. What you're saying. Like, hey, don't you, think, don't you think I need a vacation? You could come with me. You live in me. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, come on. You know what I'm saying. But like, you got to like almost cultivate a relationship with a friend through communication. You ever see these people nowadays? Everybody's on their phone. You know, I got my phone over here. So I'll pick it up real quick. I left it over here for some reason, right? And you do like this, right? Here's people out. Here's people out. They're at dinner. I, I like to slap these people. Like, I don't do this. But they're like this. They're out at a dinner. I think they text one another. They don't even talk no more. They're like, they're at dinner, and they're all doing this. And you're sitting here going, dude, what, 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 do we communicate anymore? We're becoming, we're becoming a society. You don't even communicate with humans that are standing there. You can touch them. You know, they're there. What are we going to do with the Holy Ghost you can't see? Man, you got to get God conscious. And the noise that's out there is too much. So like, you know what I'm saying? You go out, you see people. That's why I, I was like, I was in Europe and I told Pastor Liz, I said, none of these, none of these people got no phones in their hand. They, they got restaurants now in the States. You can't go on your phone. I've seen it. It's how wacky we're becoming. We're becoming so desensitized to communicating that we just get information, 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 information. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So don't get like that with God where you ain't even talking to him. Like, hey, what's up? Where are we going today? What are we doing? The other day, I went somewhere and I said, if there's anybody in here you want me to find and meet and talk to, let me know. And I went about my day. Now that's, that's getting conscious. I'm not doing that every day. You get what I'm saying. Why? Because here's a big one, right? I'm going to skip on down this. How do I follow through difficult seasons? That's a big one. Because I got a couple more minutes here. I want to help you see this. How do I follow God through difficult seasons? Now, look, I'm not magnifying difficult seasons, but you're like at the spot going like, yeah, man, but this ain't all easy. Jesus warned you and told you. Look what it says in John. He told you what's to come. Don't think there's no big deal, but it's here. John 16, says this. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. He's telling you what's out there, man. He's saying, I'm going to give you peace, but in this world, you're going to have trouble, man. 
okay? Resistance is what it is. Don't let the resistance wear you out, wear out the resistance. So there's some key points I want to show you for application of life. Here's the big one. You're going to have to follow God and not the majority. Now, that's big. Because the majority of Christians, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this to be mean. They are not pressing for next level, not pressing for next level victory most of the time. They want to live status quo Christianity. Like, I'm just happy if nothing goes wrong. I don't want to go for no big promises. I just want to get up tomorrow and have peace. Well, guess what? Jesus said, in the world, you ain't going to have no peace. So stop looking for peace in a world you can't get none. The only place you're going to get peace is in Jesus, so dream big. Stop looking for your friends to get in it. Stop looking for your family to get in it. Stop looking for everybody to get in it. Well, why ain't y'all want to go there in the prayer meeting? They don't want to go. And the next thing, you're talking yourself out of going and joining prayer because everybody else don't want to go to prayer and you're too spiritual for it. You're being too spiritual. Everybody else is being carnal and you're being a little bit towards that way with God and now you're too spiritual. Look, I was there, man, in the beginning. Woo! I was like a blowtorch. I went to this men's meeting. Remember, remember Promise Keepers? We had Promise Keepers ministry. So the pastor where I was going to church, he's like, you need to go to this group. I said, okay. We showed up at this guy's shop. It was a workshop. I don't know what he did. Fabricated something, you know, fabricated stuff. This guy was a really good guy, man. And um, I went in there, bro, I was lit. I went in there, I was like, take the world on, man. And I could tell there's like two or three of these guys, even though they were older, they're like in their 60s, 70s, they were wet blankets, man. They were trying to calm me down. Well, you know, brother, that's going to wear off. And these guys are supposed to be encouraging me. Promise keeper was promise weeper. This place was a jacked up mess. I was like, I didn't want to go back. But one of the guys, I'd never forget. Never forget it. I went in there, you know, I was like, blaze. I'm like, man, I'm going to do this. And we could do that. And we could go do that. And these guys want to sit around and drink coffee. Nothing wrong with coffee. I like coffee. I'll drink coffee with you. But you know what I'm saying. There was no fervency of, of doing anything. It was like, let's just go have a meeting and just be stuck. And I, God bless the whole ministry. It was great. For Promise Keeper changed the world. I just got one of these, you know, bad cell groups or whatever it was you want to call it. And one guy, I never forget, man, he pulled me over to the side after the meeting. I went like three times and I quit going because it was not edifying me. And he said this, I never forget, older guy pulled me over. His cat was like 75. He's like, young man, don't you ever lose that zeal. Don't listen to these guys. These guys don't want to do nothing for God. You do great things for God. I never forgot it. I'm talking about it 30 years later. See what I'm saying? You're not, you, look at your neighbor, you are not the majority. I told you this when we started. Man, you just even want to talk in tongues and go to church and, man, half the body of Christ don't want to do that. You know I'm telling the truth, man. So, I don't know, I, you guys, I, just, I don't want you to ever feel like, well, we're too, no, you're not. We're, I'm not saying, hey, look, I'm not saying nobody else out there is doing it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not blowing out somebody's candle to make us feel like we're great. But I know what you deal with with your friends. They're like, well, praise be to God. I want to go to the country club. I love the country club Christianity. We got popcorn and we got drinks and we got reclining chairs and we got, it was like a movie and we watch stuff and nobody, nobody, oh, no, 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 no. Nobody tells you, oh, no, 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 no. Give me a break, man. Stop. And here's another one. Follow God and not circumstances. That's a big one. Okay, that's a big one, because that one gets a lot of people. Well, if these circumstances are here, uh, 
obviously can't be following God. Now, circumstances mean situations, obstacles, roadblocks, setbacks, circumstances show up. What do we usually do when we see circumstances? If circumstances are changing your confession, you're not following God. If circumstances are changing, you showing up to church, you're not following God. If circumstances are showing up and you crying tears way too long and you can't find joy, you ain't following God. If circumstances are showing up and got you worried, fearful, fretful, freaking out, you ain't following God. For a minute, it's okay. But if it's controlling my focus and controlling my life and controlling the decisions I make, it's got too much of me. It's time to start following God again. And this is big. All right, Pastor Chris, that's great, but how do I do it? Boom. One of the things you got to remember is you got to have courage because Jesus is with you. I'm just giving you two things, action steps. Just have courage that you're hearing right and follow God, man. And you find that in Joshua 1 and 5. Don't argue with fear. Just tell it where to go. Take a hike, Jack. That's all you can do. Y'all know Joshua 1 and 5. God was not playing around with Joshua when he told him what was up. This is what he said. There shall not be any man able to stand before you all the days of your life. You could take that as your promise because that's a New Testament promise. Just because it was written in the Old Testament does not mean it's not part of the New Testament because if the New Testament does not change the Old Testament, then the Old Testament sticks. Does that make sense? That's how you do it. It, 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 it leaves one dimension and transfers over into a new dimension. Some of the stuff of the Old Testament, you cannot come into this dispensation of grace. So therefore, you get into like eye for an eye, all that stuff. You can't find all that through the filter of the New Testament. But this, you can go and you can say, okay, he's saying to me, here's what he's saying to you. He's telling you right now. There shall not be anybody stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses and as I was with Joshua, I'm going to be with Paul. Why not? Uh, as I was with Moses, I will be with Joshua. I'm going to be with Miss Kathy. Why not? It's the same thing. He ain't got no, why not? Praise me. I'll be with Pastor Chris. I'll be with you. I'll be. Why not? So I'll be with thee. I will not fear thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and be of good courage. For under the people you shall divide the inheritance of the land, which I swore unto your fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law, which my Moses sent my servant commended thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosperous and wherever thou goes. This book of the law shall not, look at it, depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So keep it in your mouth, meditate in it, observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So what am I supposed to do? Don't forget, have courage. And remember this, as you're following God, Jesus is with you. And the last point I want to make is this, and I love this one. Take a risk in faith, man. Take a risk. Come on. Take a risk. Step out, man. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm following God, but I think I'm hearing clear. Step out. I'm not talking about you got to go do some huge, you know, off the wall, like, you know, I'm going to go borrow $80 million. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Take a step of faith. Faith may seem like a risk, but I promise you it's not. But in your mentality, take a risk. Look at this scripture about the woman with the issue of blood. It's life-changing. I love it in the message. And when I found it, I was like, man, this is some good stuff. Look at this. Mark 5, 
28 message. She's talking faith, man. And look what it says in this translation. She was thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment she did it, the flow of blood dried up. She could feel the change, knew her plague was over, and she was done with. Woo! At that moment, Jesus felt energy leave his body. He turned around the crowd. Who touched my robe? His disciples said, you got to be kidding me, man. There's dozens of people touching you. But he went on looking around and said, somebody did this, and I know they're here. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him, and gave him the whole story. And listen what Jesus said. Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith, and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, and be healed of your plague. Daughter, you took a risk of faith. Come on, man. Don't that don't feel good? I'm going to take a risk. Come on, look, touch your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I'm taking a risk of faith today. Look at your neighbor. Look at your other neighbor. That's the other side, not that side. We went that side. Look, say, hey, I'm taking a risk of faith today. I promise you, it may look like a faith risk, but the moment you step out in faith, the risk is over. He's going to be faithful to what he promised. He's going to do it. He's going to accomplish it. He's going to provide it, and he's going to work everything out on your behalf because that's what he does. It may look like a risk of faith, but the moment you take a step and reach to touch his hand, that faith risk is over because once you touch faith, it will produce in your life what God said it could do. Amen. Come on, you guys did great. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person here today online, our online global church, the people in the building, they want to go to a whole new level. They're believing God for a next level kind of life and following you. I thank you, Lord. You're going to lead them. You're going to guide them. You're going to help them. You're going to provide for them, and you're going to give them the ability to follow greater than ever before. Thank you, Father, for blessing them, and thank you for keeping them and watching over them all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, guys, don't forget, got a big weekend next weekend. It's going to be 4th of July weekend. Bring a dish, come hang out, eat church, be part of it. Come on out and see us. And I want you to know this, as you keep taking these steps of faith, following God, you're going to see God move greater than ever before. In Jesus' mighty name, I promise you the truth. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.